Fear is my friend that guides me to live life authentically. Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Right back at the very beginning of the Love Life journey, 216 weeks ago, episode one was all about are you coming from love or are you coming from fear? And we're going back to that topic today because what I find fascinating, even though all of us have done such a lot of self-development and we've got lots of tools in our bag that we can pull out and use, I still find that 100% of my coaching clients have a fear that needs uncovering to help them to overcome whatever challenge it is that they are facing and to be moving forward. So I want to look at what fear is it you have. Fear is a wonderful signpost to what needs changing in your life. Fear can be a trigger. It can be any time that you have a strong emotional reaction to something, whether it's something you've heard, seen, had done to you, watched, read. It doesn't matter. Any time that you've got a negative, firm, strong emotional reaction, you've got fear going on 100% of the time. So fear is a really cool tool to use to help uncover what else needs healing, fixing, reframing, growing, changing, so that you can move through life with a greater amount of love. It's time for Heart Talk. So I received last week an email from one of my clients who I arrange one-on-one introductions for, and she's this gorgeous woman who's done loads of self-development. And then, as the universe always does, a few hours later, I received a second email from a different client who I coach with very similar stories. So I'm kind of going to combine them both, protect their privacy, all of that stuff, and share with you. So the first email I got had a title that said, I am shocked he's not respected me by calling. So what had happened, I arranged an introduction for somebody that I thought she'd enjoy meeting. And he was to contact her within 48 hours to arrange to catch up. Now that hadn't happened. But this caused a big trigger in her because her words are very strong. Shocked. Now to me, shocked. If somebody doesn't ring me, I don't think that's shocking. It's like might be. Well, it's a bit sad or a bit disappointing or, I don't know, they're busy. I'll hear from them when I can. Or mm, I really prefer when people honour their word and call when they do. But, hey, they didn't. Who knows what's going on? But to say I am shocked means that she's having a strong emotional reaction. She then went on and made an assumption that he's disrespecting her by not calling. So a bit of digging around the topic of disrespecting. Likely that's probably come from a past relationship. So that therefore is going to be an early trigger which results in her having the negative emotion and a default setting of jumping to conclusions and making assumptions. So it's time to put the spotlight on these memories and have a look at where disrespect was showing up in other areas of her life and how she could reframe this. Now, I also encouraged her to allow processing time before emailing, texting, or calling someone 
particularly when in this stage. So when you have a strong emotional uh, reaction, you need to allow yourself processing time. It's so important. We've all been guilty of belting off the text message or voice message or saying something or sending an email that we later regret. So when you're in a heightened state of awareness, when you're particularly feeling strong emotions, know that you are being triggered, that you are in fear, and likely you've made, like this lady, a lot of assumptions. So while you're allowing yourself some process time to own your own trigger, the first thing you need to do is stop making assumptions. If you don't know, you need to ask. You need to ask the question. And the first question to ask isn't of another, it's of yourself. Is this true? Is he really disrespecting me or am I assuming this? And in most cases, you probably will find that is this true? The answer would be no, because you don't know if it's true. You haven't asked him the questions. You know that old-fashioned statement of give people the benefit of the doubt? It's perfect here. But then the flip side is that maybe he is disrespectful. Maybe he's flaky, busy, not making her a priority, not really interested. We don't know. And without asking these questions of him, we'll never know. But let's say he is all of this. The reaction could still be more of, I'm looking for someone who's committed to meeting me. However, I don't know his story, so I'm not going to make assumptions. Now, there's no sting in that. I've got firm boundaries saying, I'm looking for somebody that's committed to meeting me, but I'm not having a strong reaction where I'm feeling disrespected. So this statement acknowledges what it is that you do want while not assuming things that he's not. So I'm looking for someone who's committed to meeting me. However, I don't know his story and I'm not making assumptions. You need to reframe things until there's no sting in it. But now going deeper, what's the real fear around being disrespected? That I'm not worthy of being respected? That I'm not good enough? And so the inner child takes over. Cleverly disguised, as a very justified reaction to someone else's behavior. Our fear stories are so well told with great justification for feeling this way. It's not fair. It's not my fault. Poor me. These are really disempowering statements. The power is taken completely away from you. So while we can justify why we're feeling the way we are, it's not serving us. Maybe it helps us in that moment, but long term it doesn't. So you can have the pity party, but keep it short and then move into transitioning, owning what the fear is and trying to get to the guts of it. These fears also so often tie in with love statements. I talked a lot about love statements on the recent episode, What is Love? And it's possible that this lady has a love statement of love equals respected. Another client, a gorgeous mum who volunteers coaching her daughter's netball team, was having a pretty hard time with a parent of one of the children. And he was constantly annoying her by telling her mm, how to do her job, how to coach the team. 
I think most of us have been there, done that with that person. And this had been going on for a while and she'd been able to sit quite politely in it and hold the energy and space. You know, her intent was to be compassionate and understanding. But really she was in tolerance because this was triggering her. And it was about to explode. So digging around, we had to find what was really going on. So it became apparent that she was feeling disrespected. So we've got another disrespected story. But this one, her trigger, she couldn't find other times in her life, in her everyday now life, where she felt disrespected. So disrespected was the emotion that she was feeling, but it wasn't actually the trigger. We had to go deeper than that. So we flipped the process around and I asked her, what does the opposite feel like? What does the opposite of disrespected feel like? Now, all of us are going to have completely different answers to this question based on our own unique past. In this scenario, she explained that respect showed up as being appreciated and that this man didn't appreciate what she was doing for the children for his daughter. So going deeper, we discovered that it's more about her love language of, or love statement rather, of love equaling appreciated. So when she didn't feel appreciated, she didn't feel the love. And so she became triggered. And once again, that little inner child's stomping her foot saying, it's not fair. I do all this work voluntary. I'm helping your daughter and you don't appreciate me. But then we joined the dots by heading down her early years of life, the emotional challenges that she faced with parents and siblings so that, you know, she could really understand where this limiting belief came from and then go about healing these memories. So what story are you telling yourself? And if you need help digging deeper to get out of the fear story, get out of the victim story and into a much more self-empowered story, then perhaps consider booking in for a one-to-one coaching session with me. You know, we have victim stories, we have strong and negative emotional reactions, and sometimes it's hard to have clear eyes to be able to see for ourselves what's going on. And that's why we always need others to help us to get a clearer story. So what fear you're feeling is a brilliant signpost to help you to move towards a more self-empowered person. So only last night I was chatting with a friend who was waiting on a big corporation to deliver on a great opportunity they'd promised her. It kept being delayed and she's been feeling very frustrated by this. And she wanted to have a bit of a vent. It became a big rant about how useless this company was and how frustrated she was. So her fear was that this opportunity was not going to come off as planned. She'd invested a lot of time and emotion. You know, she was feeling excitement and joy and she was visualizing how it was all going to play out. She was very excited. And now she was in full fear that it wasn't going to happen. I reminded her that she actually holds all the power, that this is just one company and that the universe always delivers many opportunities for us, not just one. So she'd lost a little bit of her faith and moved into what we call the law of scarcity. And that rendered her in fear of a lack of opportunities. Now, I'm giving a real quick fix here to give you an idea of this fear example. Uh, We did go much deeper into this, but a quick brainstorm with her at the time, it reminded her of other possibilities, endless really, that she'd forgotten in her fear. The fear in this particular case is very industry related. 
the whole industry promotes how lucky employees are to be given these opportunities. And this had been ingrained in her for a long time. And so through feeling the fear, she instantly went into that, you know, loss of hope. And losing hope is what brings us to fear. It's when we can't see any other options that we go into fear. You know, I see this play out a lot as a really typical scenario for people who are really on the cusp of stepping into the threshold of manifesting something big they desire. You know, when you're really about to do it, that's when I can see that situation start to play out again. But moving forward to quickly become high-functioning, so in this instance I want to move forward rather than go back to heal the trigger, this is where the law of unattachment needs to come in. Now in episode 193, I talk all about the law of unattachment. So if this is your challenge, go back and have a listen to that episode. Now, when we hold on too tight to something, it's because we have a fear around it. Are you holding on too tight to something or someone or a partner, a friend, a career, an interest? Because this same fear is one that often has people saying yes to everything for a fear of if they say no, they may not get asked again. So it is that lack, that sense of not believing in a greater amount of opportunities, that I am lucky. So I saw this play out hugely in the entertainment industry, you know, where, again, you are told every day how lucky you are if you've got an opportunity to be a paid entertainer. So moving into hope and away from fear by reminding yourselves of other times that you've felt this way. Look at the limiting belief that you have around lack. Look at the flip side of of lack. What is the flip side of lack in life? It would be abundance. So let's say get you to look at abundance and how many areas of your life you are abundant in. It's a little bit like you've lost your faith and you've got to get that back again. But if you don't heal your fears, they can manifest. They can manifest really well because I want to remind you that you are manifesting all the time, regardless of whether you are consciously doing it or subconsciously doing it. So if you've got a fear and you are giving it attention and you are feeling it, you are manifesting it. So it's time to clear that up, get real with it, own it, fix it, so that you can come from love and not manifest the yucky stuff. You know, I want to remind you that a few weeks ago, I interviewed a man who had a fear of being trapped. And over time, he ended up manifesting a five-year jail term. I don't want that for any of you guys. I had another friend who had a fear of materialism and needing stuff. And she ended up bankrupt after saying she didn't need anything. She didn't want anything. And I'm going to share with you now a story that happened just this morning of why did I give the bird to the car behind me? Yes, driving home after dropping my children at school, I had a strong emotional reaction and I pulled the middle finger up to the car behind me. Hmm. So (laughs) I had to own my own stuff and walk my talk and stop and think, why did I do that? I can't tell you the last time I did that. I'm 53 years old. It's been a long time since I've given the bird to somebody. So I was driving home, put my indicator on, knew I had to get into the right-hand lane soon 
and there were a couple of cars that were reasonably close together and I just indicated patiently for quite a while and waited for the car that was in my blind spot kind of behind me to slow down and let me in. Because I think that's how you drive a car. You consider it, you let the traffic flow, you don't get uptight about this is my spot. Anyway, this person wasn't really slowing down and I just thought, all right, well, I'll gently move over and she'll slow down. No, no. And then finally she slowed down and let me in. And I just put my hand up and waved at her like in the mirror. Thank you, which I always do. I always thank people in traffic that are considerate and let the flow go. No, she starts shaking her head at me and raising her fist at me. And I don't know what possessed me. I just laughed and then I put my finger up at her. Now, I should have just laughed and kept going, but I didn't. So I've got to think, what's the fear there? What's going on there? What reaction did I have? And the word entitled came up. I felt she was being entitled. This is my lane. I got here first. You're not allowed in here. You can just wait, pull over to the side of the road and wait until peak hour traffic has disappeared. And I had quite a reaction to that, clearly. So I had to look at the word entitled. Now, I've been doing a lot of work recently with clients around equality of the genders, around the masculine and the feminine, the balancing of the alpha and the beta. And a common thread that's been coming up with a lot of people is women that are feeling entitled within their relationships. And it's self-sabotaging. So I have been putting the spotlight on the word entitled quite a lot lately. And I'm also preparing, excitedly, a gorgeous course that I've been invited to teach in Bali soon, which is going to have a lot around that entitlement word. And so I had to look at myself. Where do I feel entitled? Why is that triggering me? Kind of went back down the path of into my childhood and there it was. So it's something that hadn't been hugely present in my life, but the universe has put all the ducks in a row for me to explore that. So my job now is to start looking at where I'm acting entitled or feeling entitled or where I feel triggered by other people's sense of entitlement. So that's just a quick little story of why Jane gave the bird in the car at 53 years old today, had a little bit of road rage, and what we can do with identifying that behavior that I'm not happy with. What was the fear? What does it lead to? Greater understanding. An unrealistic perception of life is the basis of fear. People are not willing to live, people are not willing to die. That is their whole predicament right now. The fear is simply because you're not living with life, you're living in your mind. Your fear is always about what's going to happen next. That means your fear is always about that which does not exist. If your fear is about the non-existent, your fear is hundred percent imaginary. If you're suffering the non-existential, we call that insanity. So, people may be in just socially accepted levels of insanity, but if you're afraid or if you're suffering anything which does not exist, it amounts to insanity, isn't it? People are always suffering either what happened yesterday or what may happen tomorrow. So your suffering is always about that which does not exist, simply because you're not rooted in reality. You're always rooted in your mind. 
mind is one part of it is memory, another part of it is imagination. Both of them are in one way imagination because both of them don't exist right now. You're lost in your imagination, that's the basis of your fear. If you were rooted in reality, there would be no fear. I love that audio from a YouTube clip on CRN's channel. As I have often said that fear is either spending time in the past or spending time in the future, and that fear is that acronym for false emotion appearing real, and it is, it is our imagination that takes us there. But that's another side of fear. Earlier we were talking about the things that we're triggered by to try and understand what it is that we fear at a deeper level. But then there is the side where we can look at what is it that I'm worried about and where am I allowing my thoughts to go? Where am I giving my power away to? Am I projecting into the future of something that quite likely is not going to happen? And so that is where the power of the now moment comes in. The wonderful book written by Ed Cartoll is fabulous if you want to learn more about the now moment. And so staying present, knowing that we do only actually have this moment, is very, very difficult to do. We're Westerners. It's not going to happen. But it can happen when we're in fear that we can bring the now moment to us to try and ease our fear. And that's what we're wanting to do today is gather different tools so that you can manage your fear and understand your fear better. But I was quite curious to hear myself described as a socially acceptable level of insanity. And I thought, yeah, true. That's all of us. <laughs> so check the fear that you're feeling. Is it founded? Is it real? Is it imaginative? Are you projecting into the future? Has this happened before and you have a fear of recreating the past? And sure, we absolutely, with the law of attraction, have the ability to recreate the past, but we'll never, ever be exactly the same because no two moments ever are the same. So delving into the past to heal it, looking forward to the future with a more positive mind frame is going to help to alleviate the fear. So I want to ask you a question. What are your fears? What are you afraid of? What are you scared of? Because we all have fears, don't we? We all have something that's blocking us, that's holding us back. You can either live your dreams or live your fears. And I think the majority of people actually are not living their dreams but are living their fears. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. And the majority of the fears that we have are not life or death fears. They're not those kind of fears. But through our imagination, we blow them out of proportion and we give them more power than they actually have or deserve 
and we permit them to govern our lives. We permit them to determine how far we can stretch out on our dreams and discovering our stuff. See, now, if you go through life being afraid, people can sense that. They can pick up that fear. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You are already naked. There is no reason not to follow your heart. And the speakers in that audio are Eric Thomas, Les Brown and Ray Lewis. They bring up a terrific point that I feel is important in this podcast, particularly for our Love Life Tribe listeners. And this is about often the fear of greatness. It is an upper limit fear. If you want to hear more about upper limits, have a listen to episode 100, where we talked with Gay Hendricks, who has written amazing books about upper limits. This also goes hand in hand with the wonderful quote that Marianne Williamson wrote and was used by Nelson Mandela. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Beautiful words from Marianne Williamson. And those words are very applicable here while we're addressing the topic of fear, particularly because so many of you are what we might call, what's that saying? Is it round peg square hole or square peg round hole? Whatever it is, many of us feel like we are different and we know that and we embrace it and celebrate it. But it does make it hard sometimes to have the courage to be able to step forth into full brilliance. Only yesterday, I was talking with a wonderful man who was reflecting on his masculinity after last week's podcast, and he knows he is operating as the divine masculine, but he still has a fear of it in that he knows it's judged by many others. And when people have individual abilities to be leading in certain areas, it can get lonely. It can get scary. The fear can very much kick in of what will other people think? Will I be lonely? Will I be understood? The chances are that sometimes you will be, sometimes you won't be. Fast forward however many years and likely this lovely man will be revered. But right now, he's sitting in the new, as many of you are. I know many of you have shared with me your different blogs and services and podcasts and videos and course content that you are creating. And it's amazing. And many of you are blowing me away with the newness of what you were bringing through. But that's not an easy place to sit in. So I think that little clip that I just shared with you of the audio of the three guys might be something you might want to hang on to and just listen to when you're needing that pump up, when you're needing that motivation, come on, you've got this, you can do it. When you've gone into the fear 
of wanting to play it safe, play it small. Have a listen to that audio again and don't be afraid of your brilliance. Don't be afraid of your magnificence. Don't be afraid of your light. Embrace it and shine it. Those who love it, love it. And those who don't, don't matter. Intention. Affirmation for the week. That's right. I'm bringing back the affirmations and intentions of the week. So this week's affirmation is, fear is my friend that guides me to live life authentically. So let's welcome these brilliant signposts into our life called fear. Let's look quickly at them with a razor-sharp accuracy at what the trigger is you're experiencing or what fear is sitting in your body. Name it, own it, thank it, and then start doing the work to face the fear head on and knowing that there's a brilliant gift to be received. I actually do get excited when I see people's fears as I know they're so close to getting some really good clarity, some great insights, and then ultimately releasing that fear so they can live a more joyful, peaceful, happy, content, excited life. So face your fears, own them, and heal them. Change your story. If you would like to access the other episodes I've referenced today, then head to loveleftshow.com. Or if you identified with today's episode and you want some help clearing your fears, then book in for a one-to-one private session with me via janedonovan.com.au. And until next week, fear is my friend that guides me to live life authentically. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.